What's going on, everybody? My name is Zach Kenny, and this is ZK Live, episode four. Um, I own ZK Painting. We are a custom painting contractor based in Rhode Island. Um, we have a very exciting guest today, Jessica Allred from Alternative Finishes. Alternative Finishes. Come on. Man. Third time's a charm. It's like, it, it, what, it will not send. It was like, oh my God, this is uh, par for the course because I am not tech qualified for much of this stuff so you're here now Thank you. So. Thank you. how are you good good nervous but um you know you're a, a good role model so bear with me thanks for the opportunity yeah i'm excited for everyone to get to hear your story and to see your perspective on painting because it's awesome and it's it's really you've affected my life in many ways and shown me what's possible. Um, so it's, it's cool. People don't, you're, you do your work so amazingly, but we're working on getting you out there more because people need to know this stuff. Um, so why don't you tell us how you started in the trade? Everyone has a unique story for that. Um, was, uh, late nineties and I was in Vegas and there was loads of work and um, basically started in the apprenticeship there. You didn't have to know anything technically. In the um, union? In the union, yeah. And uh, I started out with an outfit that did mostly just wallpaper and decorative painting. And we did like the entire, um, uh, the, like what used to be the Aladdin Hotel, um, like just entire hotels from the decorative painting aspect to the wall covering from the hallways to the, the rooms to the suites and just had a lot of exposure to so many different um, amazing craftsmen and journeymen and tile setters and floor finishers, floor covers and, and everyone just had to just move and shake, move and shake 24 seven. And um, production was the name of the game. You know, so we put in a lot of time um, I like Phil was saying a couple weeks ago, you know, or you were saying too, where every fingertip is bleeding from caulking, you know, and um, you just rock and roll, rock and roll, and and there are targets that are set, and um, it was amazing to just see how quickly things would come together if it's um, organized well, you know, as far as like you do this, you do this, and make a plan and work the plan, and. Um, um, it really set the tone for me and got the fire in, in my soul to like see the potential of this trade and um, in, in, in harmony with other trades too, because you need walls to paint, you know, um, you need cabinetry that's well built to paint. You need, uh, you know, nice wallpaper complements, trim. I mean, it's, it's all part of um, so much hard work and time and to see, uh, to be a part of, uh, it on a daily basis and at the end of it to just see every week we'd finish a floor and just be blown away and then to work inside the casino portion of things and get perspective of um, something that's 60 feet in the air and something that's uh, six feet in front of you uh, really gave me a, a just just blew my mind of um, what this trade holds as finishers 
So you guys were you, those casinos are have some badass interiors, right? You guys got to do some really crazy stuff. Oh, it's unbelievable. I mean, just from like white silk. I, I was an apprentice and I was just, uh, you know, pasting the material with the silk and I couldn't sweat. I was so nervous and I, I couldn't sweat on the silk. I couldn't get paste on the face of the silk. And, and just to see all the different uh, installers uh, methods. And then um, we were working seven days. My least work week was 85 hours was my least work week in the course of a year when they give you a printout um, of your hours and, and stuff like that. And, and, but it didn't feel like it. And at the time, that's, that's what it required. And um, a lot of people that a lot of apprentices didn't make it. Um, again, there's a high demand, but um, I just showed up and I did what I was asked to do. I knew I had to keep all these journeymen busy and I'd make sure that they had hot water and that the scraps were picked up. And, you know, there were so many other apprentices just itching to get on the wall. Um, but they were the first to go because the minute they got on the wall, they stopped clearing their rough in for their outlets because that's the apprentice's job. And I just told myself, I never want to be that person. My work, all of our work is as good as the surface it's on. And uh, so I learned a lot of things that I saw wasn't working for longevity in the, in the trade. And, um, and then with that work ethic, um, again, coming back to showing up, um, there were apprentices for the paint division and um, they wouldn't show up at two in the morning when um, the guy was spraying, he was spraying from two to four, um, he'd be spraying all the jams because there were, there were, there was nobody working during that time. And so if the apprentice didn't show up to mask and all that stuff to, to assist the, the sprayer, then that would defeat the purpose of getting that day's target done. So then I asked, it was the same company. So I asked, can I, you know, do you mind if I come in and I'll mask and I'll do all the things. And, and so that got me a little bit more exposure to paint. And um, eventually I'd get there a little bit earlier and I'd, I'd be ahead, like one wing of the floor. And um, so I'd get to see how he primed his machine and then by the time it all unmasked, by the time it was done at the end, and then I'd, he'd be like, okay, you get to spray the stairwell. And then he'd say, okay, I'm gonna show you how to clean the machine. So I just seized every opportunity to um, just to really just garner everything that I could learn. I couldn't believe that in the finishing trades, it was so limitless. You could just do this, or you can do this really well, or you can do be able to, to paint different materials or different, wall coverings or I mean it was just unbelievable to me I, I I just like who wouldn't it was it was I was young too so it was um it was very exciting time and I, I strive every day to still uh find that excitement in each project that I do well I, I think I I know a bit about the, the type of work you do and so you do a very like like broad range of types of projects and it sounds like that you're able to do that because of your extensive knowledge. You've studied all the different aspects of painting or many of them. Um, so kind of give us an idea of like, what, what is the types of projects that you generally do today? Um, uh, well, it's all over the place. As you know, um, I feel because we're so small, 
that we do uh, very unique custom situations where all the details, all the hard work, and they're like, oh, we can't, this, this tile is, um, is no longer available. Or we don't know what this paint is, but we need to fix this thing in this panel. And um, um, so I would say, I mean, so by diversifying, we do, you know, full finish, we do wall covering installation, um, regular painting, uh, a lot of restoration, uh, work on a lot of older things, not much new construction. Although I salivate when I see, when I walk jobs and I see like all the trim just needs to be filled and eased and primed, <laughs> and sanded again and then caulked. Like I'm just like, I, I miss the days of having um, that kind of groove uh, for a week or two. But um, so we do some new, um, we do a lot of old, old, old stuff. And um, a lot of the stuff we've been doing lately is uh, very unique custom finishes where, you know, you've probably seen it too, where there's a lot more artisanal flooring that's coming out that's pre-finished. Um, um, just whenever there's just the missing piece and, you know, you can't get access to it or, or it's just the lead time to have it custom made. So we tend to be called in to um the fixer we're the fixers and if we can we will do everything in our power to do so that's awesome so i i saw recently you um you did some faux marble looking stuff on the edge of a caesar stone uh mm -hmm. for ns builders yeah so stuff like that so as because as a as a painter that's so my experience i i that's not in my wheelhouse at all my brain and my experience is very good at like a gloss wall. It's like following like, I'm like a baker. Like I follow a very strict recipe that I've already planned and, and I know works. You're like this magic chef that comes in and like, you don't even really know what the ingredients are, but you like experiment. And I love it for people, for you to tell people about that process of how you look at something, don't know what's there, what the coding is and how you're able to, blend it in and make it whatever you put there, make it look like it was all uniform? Um, well, when I was an apprentice, I asked my teacher, hey, where in Vegas is the best bow finish? So I know what that looks like. You know, when I want to see the good, what's good. And he said, why would you want to bow from a foe? Like, learn from what it is you're trying to work on and to replicate. Be inspired by the things, you know, what's in front of you. So that I sort of take that, um, it sort of grounds me when I see something. And I always say that, you know, my finish is only as good as the surface it's on. So I think the easiest part, I'm no artist. I can dry, draw a horse or fruit to save my life. But I, I want to basically make sure that what I'm doing to whatever surface is going to stick to it and bond. Then I'll do my finish. I'll talk about that in a second. And then the other important part is that will it last? So when I look at something, um, I didn't know 
thankfully, um, 11 Interiors and um, NS Builders were really, really helpful in providing as much information as they could and gave me a sample of what it was uh, supposed to be. It just um, didn't get treated on the edges. So I did a little research on the, the manufacturer. What is this product? It, it's a composite. Um, and I did some videos just for my own. It allows me to really engage and be more present with the project. Um, it was very small, but I told them I just need to know a few things and see the piece. And so I, what is the material that I need to paint on top of? Um, feature function, right? And then I kind of look at the colors and then I have a nice arsenal of um, tints and different things. And um, the more each random project that comes our way, it allows me to sort of like each project teaches me more and more. And it just expands on, oh, this tint, trans tint would be better here or um, tints all or mix all or would be better here. And um, is it compatible? So for me, the aesthetic um, look of it is kind of the easiest part if I have something to sort of, you know, learn from and to respect what it is. And so I probably did five tests on bonding. And then I uh, finish wise, it's just, you know, try this, try this. You guys were talking about favorite brushes. I don't really, I mean, I have a brush, a go-to brush, but like I kind of, my, some people make fun of me because some of my brushes are like free willy, you know, and, but, but sometimes you got to do the best you can <laughs> with what you have. And that free willy brush might like, be the perfect sweep of some type of finish, especially if I'm trying to replicate someone else's brush stroke, you know? So I, um, it, it's jobs like that, that sort of reintroduce like, oh, you know, the XIM uh, 400 bonding primer, which is clear, uh, didn't, didn't bond as well as I, I wouldn't trust the finish on it. And then what top coat's gonna be the right sheen and stuff like that. So it was a small, small job. I spent more time figuring it out um, than to execute on the job. But when I showed up on the job, it was like, boom, boom, boom. And, um, you know, being able to sort of, I'm not here to like um, impress anybody. I'm here to, um, I'm asked to accomplish a task that's needed. And um, I'm just happy that the client was happy. Um, I have yet to personally meet uh, Nick and, and the team at NS, but they're, they're wonderful. And, um, and 11 years is amazing too. So um, I think it's just, it's, it's teamwork. You know, we're all part of a, a relay to get across the finish line. So, so you said one of your trademark phrases, um, you, you do the best with what you, what you're given, what you have, right? Yeah. Um, there's some other ones, I think too, right? You get what you give, is that? You get what you give, absolutely. You get what you give. There's there's a lot of... I do that. So, you can't get the second coat on until you get the first. When people are, like, in their own way, I'm like, well, I can't get the second coat until you get the first. So there's there's a sense of urgency, you know. Um, I try to be mindful of um, time and, you know, it's about time and money and uh, all those things. So I try to keep it real, put myself in check, but um, I'm a big fan of uh, you get what you give and you can only do the best you can with what, you know, do the best you can with what you have. I was in a woodworking co-op shop 
for 10 years. Woodworker is not the best dust containment system. <laughs> I mean, I walked, it was horrible, but I did. And you know, some people work out of their garages. Some people work in their basement. Uh, some people have a really rock star spray booth. Um, that's awesome. But whether you're just starting out or, or you're 30 years in, like you always just do the best you can with what you have. And, and if you're, if you're prepping it right and, and, and your client's happy, you, you vacuumed it, you tacked it, you coated it, you did everything within spec. Are your clients happy, whether it's shiny or not, or mirror finish or not? Like ultimately we're in the world of protective coatings, whether it's a speckled Caesar stone aesthetic or a high gloss door or a ceruste finish. I mean, it's amazing because it's all protective finish that's meant to protect and look, make the client happy for what they want. And to be a part of that, to see what you guys are doing, what all my brothers and sisters are doing, um, it just, I, I couldn't be more proud to be a part of an amazing industry. Yeah. So you were in the union for a while. How, how many years? Um, four and a half. And then, and then you moved to the East Coast and started out on your own? Yeah. How did that happen? It wasn't the plan. 9-11 uh, happened. Um, I figured in Vegas, I figured on the trajectory I was on, if I did everything right, I um, would have this particular job in Vegas, um, like master artisan level. And I was offered that job after I journeyed out. And I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm, there's so much more to learn. And I felt like I, I was working on things to look a certain way, all faux finish all the time. I wanted, I felt like I was still young in the trade, that I wanted to now work on things that were 100 and 200 years old, or marble and stone that was quarried out. And so I felt like since I learned on the West Coast and there was no oil base out there, um, no lacquer. And um, so I figured I didn't have kids, I didn't have a mortgage. I will come out to the East Coast, I knew one person and I would be able to expose, get exposure to learning the trade backwards in some respects. So, um, um, so transferred my car, did all that. I'll, I'll skip forward to like how this happened. 9-11 happened and work got all crazy. And um, I had to kind of keep feeding my soul. I did a lot of side work for people and uh, like super supers that were part of job projects that were like, hey, you working? Because everything got shut down. And then I just started um, getting out there and working with people. And because I was cheap labor, right? Um, I'm so nervous. I'm thirsty. <laughs> Sorry. So this is this is when you were back at the $25 an hour range. I was probably less than no, yeah, I was 20. I think I was 20. And so um, then the clients were asking for me and obviously out of like um and you know respect i wouldn't conflict but i would see like you know some of these people saying oh looks good for my house um or one coat and done on the ceiling that's great um for you but i just felt like morally like i'm like this is 
this is not the direction I want to be going. So I took some classes in New York um, at the finishing school and I just kept pushing my own self. And then um, I just ended up, my vendor, my paint store who had my back, who's like, kid, where'd you learn this stuff? You know, and I just, I'm just so grateful for every opportunity of um, people giving me a chance and a project that e even though I didn't have much experience with this or that at that time, but they're like, I trust you. I, I know that you're gonna do a good job. You're the one I want to do it. You're the one I want in my summer home or winter home when we're not there. Um, just do the best you can. And I took that um, very seriously and I still do. Um, and then I just ended up, you know, more work, more work, more work. And, and I had a crew at one point and um, I'd say around, uh, so, you know, 9-11 changed things. And then 2008 was changed things too. And um, by kind of like realizing, okay, I'm part of a luxury service. I get it. I'm not, people can sleep just fine if they have uh, blue walls or whatever, you know, so um I just um, went small and, and said, I need, I need to remind myself or my estimates on point. Um, you know, I, there's so much work out there. There's so many amazing, talented finishers out there at all levels. Um, why don't I just specialize? I, I will do one day jobs. I'll do six week jobs, but you get me. And um, I have an assistant, Linda, who's, the best assistant anybody could ever ask for. You just, you know, you go in with integrity and you do the best you can with what you have. And each job is very unique. You know, if someone works with me and they're so busy trying to convince me of what they know or why this won't work, it's not, you, you're getting in your own way, you know? So it's, I like it being small. Um, when I, I sure did I my business make more money when I had more people, yes. But I didn't feel a hundred percent about like my engagement. I want to be more involved, and I I feel like the 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 work itself is only a fraction of the service that the experience that and the relationships we have, and so um, it's important to me to uh, unplug everything at every break. I don't leave anything, we don't leave anything plugged in or unattended. Because I've seen, I don't use halogen lights, but I've seen halogen lights, you know. I, so you, have, you have a few processes like oh, what you described that I had never heard of anything like it. The amount of thought and care that you put into stuff, like unplugging everything at break. I and, mean, you get the vacuum and a light, you know. We housekeep yeah. house twice, at least twice, so that at the end of the day, it's a lot easier. Um, yeah, we're, we're very methodical. Um, we, when we do wallpaper, our drop cloths don't have paint on them. Our, our whites don't have paint on them. Um, you know, we're, we're very, you know, obviously every detail it, it's, um, is important to us. Our coffee cups go inside of a bucket they're not or in a sink they don't go on anywhere else on the floor or anything just so they don't spill like I love I, that you know? when you first told me that I was like that is so genius there's never a coffee cup or anything out a bottle of water and it's in a bucket or it's in a sink 
It's in something that will, if it does spill, it's contained. Exactly. Brilliant. I learn from others' mistakes and, and, and my own, you know? I welcome mistakes and error because it teaches you what not to do. It teaches you how to make it right. Um, and sometimes mistakes are a welcome finish all of itself. I've had, I'd say count on one hand, uh, finishes I was halfway through and the client's like, stop. I was like, but um, they're like, I'm gonna pay you the same. I just, I just, something about this, it's not even anything close to what we were gonna, and I'm just like, if the client's happy, give them what they want, so. I love that. So, so when you decided to get small again, what, what was your hourly rate, would you say then? In 2008? Yeah. Uh, it's 60, 65. So how does one go from 65 an hour to charging $120 an hour? I'm, I'm sure everyone would love to know. And well, I've, I think... I've got to talk to you extensively about this, and, and I think it's brilliant. Um, but if you could just tell that story a little bit. All right. I think that the, the marrying key factor, I think, which has more importance is that 80% of our work is T and M. And um, uh, so I think it basically just started out with people knew what they were getting when they got us. And so 6065, you know, I have to feel comfortable, like I have to feel within myself, like that I'm giving them good value for what they're paying i take a little longer but you know i will vacuum i will vacuum i will sand i will set those nails and so um but it really is a non-issue for for my clients and i think because oh it took many years to assert kind of what we bring to the table and it's obviously we we respect the opportunity to be considered for a job um almost all the time we're on jobs with other painters. So the contractor has their painting company and then the homeowner or the designer might hire us probably like yourself to do a particular thing. Um, so we don't talk money on the job. We don't talk to, you know, oh, how much you making? None of that. But, um, but I think really, I knew what my overhead was. I knew that, um, I wanted to invest in things. I wanted to continue to take classes. I wanted to um, afford better. I, want, I wanted that festival, you know, <laughs> those little things. Um, uh, and so it just sort of justified itself. And, um, but mostly what people want, one of my vendors told me once, because I feel bad sometimes when I'd be like, you know, my shop, my, my four generation paint store, um, they're amazing. They're like family to me. And, um, and he's like, yeah, sometimes the wallpaper is $500 a sheet, three yards is $500. That's just the material, you know? And so he's like, he's like, Jessica, it doesn't matter the cost. They just want you. And, and so by having that relationship with that, like this, this person's going to come in and she's, um, I'm going to show up on time. I think showing up on time, um, much like my early days in the apprenticeship, you could be a Picasso, but if you don't show up, 
what is that? Nothing, you know? So I, I take a lot of pride in uh, being where I say I'm going to be, um, doing what I say I'm going to do for the price I'm going to do it for. So I'm very transparent to, to the point where if it doesn't work for you, let's get it out of the way. I'm okay with that. There's plenty of talented people that are faster, less expensive. Um, great. If it doesn't work out, you can call me. And it happens a lot. So for me, I just sort of felt a lot more confident in what I'm bringing to the table, the, the, the focus and being present and making sure that each job and each situation, small and large, is um, I, you, you own me. And there's a value to that. There's a price to that. In, and you own me for the hours of the day, not 24 seven, but like, I am truly going to give everything I have um, with respect and grace in, in this project. Um, because that's why I'm doing this. And that's why um, I still do this. And I never want to lose that. So realizing the value of that, um, and my clients see the value in that, um, when I jumped from 90 to 107, I was a little worried. Um, but also because I couldn't believe like my numbers, but I was also like, I know what I'm. And you had a bunch of work, right? The, the whole time you Dude, had all my, the work you could ever handle and a year long wait. My steel was getting into two, like almost, almost at the two year mark. You know, when people wait 18 <laughs> I think, years. So most painters hear that and they, like my mind was blown the first time I ever heard that. You you have a two year waiting list at the time yeah. at a ninety dollar an hour rate, and yeah. to me I think it's so much of that comes back to what you're describing. Like you are so invested in the project being done right and mm -hmm. the client being happy, and you've married that with insane skill and knowledge. I was, I was laying in bed last night and I was thinking about like the word craftsmanship. I was reading a book that was talking about like having passion being a bad thing. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it was called the ego is the enemy, which is something we'll talk about too. But he was talking about the, the passionate people and talking about things can get in the way of getting things done. But I was thinking about craftsmanship and mm -hmm. I like, I couldn't sleep. And I like randomly wrote down like knowledge and skill, uh, combining knowledge and skill to, um, meet clients budget and expectations so and i think you have that down so well it's like whatever the client wants just because you might know there's a better paint or a better finish in your mind or, or a higher end mm -hmm. if the client wants something else mm -hmm. giving them what they want and and i think your your lack of ego helps in so many ways to give clients what they want um and so when I look at it, I'm like, okay, yeah, you have amazing skill. You also have very little ego involved in this. So magically people want you. And when more and more people want you and there's only so much supply, yeah. your prices get to go up. Yeah. So it's an amazing formula that has, has been very inspiring to me. But if you could talk a little bit about, have you always had this little ego wrapped in like around it? Is it Burning Man that's like, helped you remove the ego like what is it uh you go to you've been to how many burning mans you know i i hate uh people are gonna give me a hard time but i i get confused about the number but it's certainly i 15 at least yeah yeah, yeah. and that has that impacted you where does this how how are you able to have such a lack of ego 
when it comes to working in these multi, multi-million dollar unreal projects, and yet you, you're able to focus on the client and the project and not get, let your ego get in the way? Well, I'm not trying to, um, life is short. You know, I'm a good human. There's a lot of great humans out there. We're all squirrels trying to get a nut. It's, it's going to be fine. You know, like it's really, it doesn't have to be cutthroat. I, I just don't want to live that life. And I feel like so much hard work goes into projects that are, you know, years before me, months and thousands of hours that, that so many people put into making this come together. So I, I feel like, you know, with custom finishes anyway, um, they're so subjective. I might have 50 Venetian plaster finishes under my belt and um, uh, Mike might have five Venetian plaster finishes under his belt. If the client likes Mike's technique or his hand, then it's like, I, sure, I'm skilled enough at this point to respect like his, his style um, and, 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 but I, I feel like great for Mike. Like, I'm just so happy to see quality work out there. Um, like I said, as long as you vat, yes, sand it, you prep it right, et cetera, et cetera. Yes, there are definitely better products than others. But um, so for me, I just don't take it personal. And I, I think that may also, for, for new potential clients or new relationships with designers, I don't know. I mean, you're asking somebody to talk about lack of ego, um, it, it's, it's kind of conflict there. Yeah, right? so it's, yeah totally. But, but for me, it's sort of, I can't, I can't get too upset if, 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 um, if uh, the price is too high or if the scheduling, if I'm not available or um, I don't know. It's just, there's, 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 there's plenty of stuff out there. Like kudos to anyone. I think we all got to have our first Venetian plaster. We all got to have our first grass cloth. We all, you know, I, I, I applaud anyone that, that... Do you think that you are always like that? Or this has been something you've, like... Because I think it's incredibly admirable. I, I, I think it's a very valuable Thanks. way to look at life. And I think many people struggle to see life that way. Have you always seen life that way? Um, I don't know. You probably have to ask some of my peers. Um, I, I, I'm proud. I always feel like there's always room to grow. Um, I think coming back to like where I started and, and seeing that ego or people getting ahead of themselves, uh, I'm all for being diligent and um, uh, we should all be proud. But somebody's, um, in some people's opinions, that the door has brush strokes or like, whoa, uh, that you could have sunk that nail. I get it. But at the end of the day, like, it's a protective coating. Like, um, simmer down. You know what I mean? Like, whether, regardless of the finish, I just feel like, um, you know, do good work. Like, I have the luxury. I think the empower what gave me a lot more um, uh, confidence was knowing that I have a right to choose my clients as much as they can choose me. So, um, not to sound pompous, I still want the work. I need the work, you know. Um, but I just feel like uh, I'm not trying to battle it out. I, I'm. I'll show up. I'll. I'll be clean. I'll protect things. I'll I'll do I'll 
do what you're asking of me and and for this price i what am i gonna do i, I gotta move on I, you know i don't know i just feel like it's that simple for me um and and i don't take it personal if they go another direction um because i hope that those who do get that job that they're an ally that i can like hey i can't get to this um are you interested like if it weren't for all of those journeymen before me and um my foreman and my vendors and people like yourself um or so many people in the trade not just in painting that have been there for me i, I want to be there for them too so i'm not trying to like life's too short like this is what i do i, I want to be able to look in the mirror in the beginning of the day I want to be able to look in the mirror at the end of the day and know that I did the best I could with that day and um, angst and, um, you know, getting all worked up about things is not the way I, I choose to navigate the work that I have. I want to focus on what I have for the people that I'm doing it for small and large. And, um, and I, I'm just grateful. I do get to do that. That's awesome. I, I, I think so much of, this it, it it has to start though with the skills like you we anyone gets to pick their clients and gets to be zen and 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 say like if someone else gets it good for them only if they have a skill set and and a value that they can add to the world that is strong when that's strong you know like i can you know tomorrow you could go to california and you could pretty quickly be up and running doing the same thing. Like your skills come with you. And that's yeah. what we say to apprentices is like, Hey, come here. I will teach you skills. If you want to now go across the country, you can do that because you have this skill set that no one can take away from you. Right. right. And I, I love that about our trade. And I love that about your mentality of like continuing to educate, you know, more than anybody I know about painting. And I, Someday we'll have to do a show from your shop where people can see. Also, guys, if you want to go, if you want us to go longer than an hour, if you have longer than an hour, I feel like we've gone 45 minutes and we're just scratching the surface. So if, if, if I think we're probably going to have to, at the end of this hour, continue if you're game for it. Um, but I've been to your shop. I've never, I've, we've never done gold leaf. I've never seen it done. You like bust out five different types of leaf. You explain to me about the process of real gold leaf versus like the fake stuff, the waxes, the, the, like, I, I was just like this. I, your shop is this place that I, it blew my mind. And I think people, it would be awesome if we got into how you go about take, tackling a project where you spend so much time thinking about and planning and doing testing and homework before you ever go to a project. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable. I've well, never seen anything like one, it. Same thing as with wallpaper. Like I may have hung the same exact paper four times before, but I feel like the conditions, the, the wall, the temperature, so many things could be different. So for me, for me to be focused and, um, and be able to concentrate on what it is I'm, I'm asked that's asked of me. Um, I, I feel like it's just each job and each mistake or something that we're brought in to fix has given me another opportunity to expand on what I already knew and just being open to continually learning, learning from others, um, 
mistakes and or uh, I have to leave the ego out because at that point, the contractor is already aware of the issue or the homeowner is brought the, the concern. So I'm here to fix it to the best of my ability. And I am honest if I'm not a right fit, like I'm honest of what I strive to do. And a lot of people just trust that they know that we're going to do the best we can. And so sometimes I'll have to branch out. I don't ever want to be a plumber or a tile setter. I, I, think it's amazing that what they do but there are certain things that I need to know and so I'm I think by having that um, respect for all trades has given me an opportunity to like ask the questions about zinc and galvulum who knew that there was like an aluminum zinc coated with an acrylic I I don't know but I was asked to fix a chemical reaction to this steel and so um, if I don't know, I want to know. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to be uh, really good from that one thing. And sure, three or four times later, I might really have gotten it down. But that's why I am reminded that we've all started somewhere. Uh, we all have one gloss door under our belt or five gloss doors. And, and they get just a little Mikey lines that will tell you, like they just get better and better. You get what you give. And there's a value to that. And that's, that's how I look myself in the mirror at the end of every day. And if it's not a right fit, uh, for whatever reason, uh, don't take it personal at all. There's, there's a lot of talented people out there. So, so I, I, re I recall being there and you have, you store, like you take a, a, a intense records of, of the process, right? You have <laughs> note cards with, yeah. um, and we'll get into your paint paraphernalia, favorite piece of paint paraphernalia in a minute. But you, you take these extensive notes of different amounts of tint added, different colors, blends. How thin did you, how much did you thin it? What did I, what did you do to get to that, right? Right. That is something that not, I mean, that's how painters used to have to do it, right? We didn't go to the paint store and they just mixed our paint for us. Right. But I think today, like, I, we don't, we don't do tons of that. I, we have some things where we need to, like, you know, you make a sample for a client, you better take notes on how you did it so that you can re replicate that sample. But your ability to take those intense notes and then don't you save all of these things for like years and years and years and then you end up touching them up later and you have this card you can oh, go back to. And yeah, or I they was have, amazed at how much paint they and, and they were like, now we, you know, that console, now we have a whole bar that we added to the great room and we want to do the same thing, you know, four years later. So, and, and I could see it and I can kind of like figure it out, but new, new materials might've come like, you know, for me, again, it's just, I like to be, it's, it's important for me. I'm dedicating eight plus hours a day, at least. Um, I'm in the shower. I'm thinking about it or, or what have you. Like I, I, I owe it to myself, um, and the client, um, to really just give it the attention that it deserves. Again, that correlates to the value of um, why we charge what we charge. Um, but just like any hairstylist, I mean, as you can tell, I go all the time. Um, <laughs> they keep formula cards and they're, you know, everyone's hair is different in porosity and how it receives different and the different types of hair colorants or something, so I'm told. Um, I mean, there's so much about other 
industries that that I can draw from and just kind of to keep me fresh because we do so many different finishes and um, those cards for me allow me to sort of like narrow it down real quick and um, just for the sake of it's right here this is everything so so Jessica's favorite piece of paint fair paraphernalia is is the multicolored pen but this one has a pencil with a uh, eraser so for me for note taking i'm just and and things change and and reductions change or the veneer versus the solid wood like it would have a different time frame like after three minutes wipe it um reduce it 20 percent da 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 just to to again it just allow, it allows me to just focus on the application um but the pencil is also um kind of i don't know i just i just love having this thing and the color coding for me i'm not that neurotic um but for me it's sort of my way to um keep my shit together i love it um, but, um, um for the sake of segueing this is actually um what is one of my favorite tools and it's just uh you know a carbide smaller carbide it's always honest we use it for everything um, once you get a feel for it, it's just one of those things. It's like, it's like getting your putty knife out. It's, it's phenomenal. Worth it. Awesome. You carry, what, what tools do you carry with you on a job? How about that? This, and then at like six, well, I'll get a one minute warning and then mm -hmm. I'll close down the live and we'll start a new one. Okay. But what, what, what tools or equipment do you, I know you have a very like, because we, you work in the city, you have to have everything very organized. There's no running out to the store. Yeah. What is your, uh, what do you carry on your person? And then when we have more time, maybe we'll get into what goes in the bag. All right, you guys are gonna think this is excessive, but I impress so many people that I always have it on me. Um, so always, 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 we have a black marker, you know, a permanent marker. Um, actually, I emptied my pocket, so, um, well, so we have a nail set. I have a, okay, so this is it, ready? Uh, obviously we have a nail set. Usually it's the spring one because you have both sides. Always have an Ulfa. Um, I really like this really simple um, two-sided screwdriver thingy. Um, of course my colored pen thing. And, um, and you know, I know Phil's big on his five in one, but like, I don't have space in my pockets, um, but we also have um, a couple of different drill bits that people always need, like the square tip and the star tip. Like, it, they're so small. I just leave them in my pocket. I have a magnet in my pocket. So when I pull out my, my spring nail set, it pulls everything out in one bundle. And so I, I love that. Allen, I have an Allen, I have a, a little Allen wrench and like basically the bits that people are always looking for or you need and you're like, where is it? Um, yeah. So for me, those are the things and a putty knife. Um, I have a notebook always in my pocket, um, but I'm a note taker. I'm sort of, you know, might be an age thing. Um, I, I guess maybe too, I'm tactile. So if I see it, I can kind of like, it's like a little bit more actionable for me. That could be one of the rarer, uh, things that every that a paint of for painters to carry is I, you carry a notebook. I love that, and I've seen you use it many times. And yeah. and 
when you're looking to provide, when you've thought this much about your, your craft and you're looking to give the level of quality and service and, and attention to detail that you do, having a notebook makes sense. I get it. It's awesome. Well, it's, it works for me. I'm sure I can simplify, um, but at the end of the day, there's too many finishes out there and too many different um, rules of the game that, um, yeah, I, as much as I can kind of like put all the noise somewhere so that I can focus on, on the finish I'm working on or the project I'm working on, I know that I'm like, oh, I'll just go to that folder and boom, boom, and I can drive right, I can just, it really just allows me to focus. Um, and each, each, I want each client to feel like they're unique and special and not just one of 82 high gloss finishes. Like I, tr I really try, um, I don't have to try that hard. I, I really try to like find something about each job, um, that I don't know, it's special to me or that is like, there's just something about it that just is sort of my own, like something, something. Um, it, it's important for me to, because I feel like I'm choosing to spend this time in this home or doing whatever. And it's just my own way of sort of kind of like uh, validating, you know, my role. And, and I was here and it, it's something so simple, like really fixing a detail in the corner. I know it's so hippie-ish, but I just, I need to find something about each project to, to just feel like I left a part of myself. I really tried and um, that I'm still showing up and doing the best I can. That's awesome. And you open your paint cans with a paint can opener. Is that correct? For sure. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't you? I mean, look at I that. have not it opened a paint up. can with a paint can opener in probably 15 years. It opens up beer. It's amazing. It's I know. We always joke about that. I, I think that's awesome. Uh, all right. So I real quick, everybody, I'm going to shut this says there's a minute 40 left rather than push it. I'm going to end this live and then I'm going to start one right back up and then request to be in and we'll keep going because we have to ask all the standard ZK Live questions. There's going to be amazing gold nuggets in all of the answers uh, and we'll, we'll keep going. So one minute, guys. Yes. So let's see. We can move on to. Oh, so because the paint paraphernalia piece has that pencil. Can you tell us your DIY yeah. paint tip? Yeah. This is going to blow some people's minds. I still am wrapping my head around it, but it's brilliant. And I'm really excited for people to hear this. Um, I'm sure people kind of sort of already do it. Um, but I learned, um, uh, my entire crew has learned from Tom Costello, who's just one of the most amazing, passionate, uh, painters that, that I've ever met. And he's, um, anyway, it's a simple thing about how to keep, your lines um, straight and just shy of the transition to the trim and the ceiling. As a wall cover, you know, if I'm doing a, a green wallpaper and the walls are beige and the wall paint comes up on the trim, it's like you're gonna have, you know, green, beige, trim, it's, 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 it's so frustrating. So you end up having to paint the trim, paint the edge of the ceiling. So, a suggestion um, that I take for granted, but I realize not many people do is, um, you know, you, you you go to cut in, 
and some people like to ride it high, uh, close on the first, and then do it quick on the second and clean it up. Or some people do it um, quick on the first and then dial it in on the second. I don't even fret. I use my pencil, especially if I'm dealing with weird, these older buildings, uh, you know. So I just do a soft line uh, on the ceiling or on the, on the trim. And this visually, if it's something I feel like, oh, how's that going to look? I can see it ahead of time. And then I can kind of see how the paint's going to follow that transition. But I am not worried about riding up onto the trim because I just take my potty knife and, um, and obviously wrap it or double wrap it. And then, um, you know, I, if it's a little damp, that's helpful. And I just wrap it and then I just ride it down and it gives it that just you know, a couple, a millimeter or so uh, just off so that when you want to come back, they call you back to repaint the room to a different color. Um, you don't have to repaint the trim. If you just, you're staying free of the, of the trim and the ceiling and it gives you, it just, you paint it, you wipe it with your putty knife and then you can kind of like see how it looks and you can, and if you use the pencil, usually the rag will wipe that pencil mark off and um, it's very quick. It's clean and it just gives you the error on the side of um, trim slightly onto the wall, but it's clean, it's sharp. If there's any issue, you can, you can correct it because you have that affordance of space. It's subtle, but it's um, proven itself time and time again. And it's much faster than masking um, everything, you know? So as a faux finisher, as a wall cover and as a, finisher that's asked to come back and do something else um, uh, on the same walls, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it to, to practice. Did we figure out, is it called French cutting in? Or yeah, so. The French cut? I, I, you know, that's what Tom calls it. Um, but I did a little Google and, you know, found some weird stuff on the Google. Um, <laughs> Um, you know, there's the Hollywood face-off thing. I, it was referenced in a couple of blogs. I didn't find anything uh, really. Amon still call it French cut, or I'll call it, you know, Tom's tip. But I uh, like it. So, so when you're painting walls and cutting along the ceiling, you're leaving a little bit of ceiling paint down onto the wall. Just essentially, so just enough. But you're looking up, so you don't even yeah. notice. You don't even. So you'd rather play on that side of. the of the fence then slightly on right i agree that's how i've always done it and it does it gives you that play of if things aren't perfect you're drawing a line on your own terms not yeah. following that gap right and that that little the width of the blade of the putty knife kind of gives you that affordance to sort of like make it straight and clean and tight um and uh yeah and, I think hollywooding is right when you paint the sides of the trim the wall color, I believe. Is that, that? hollywooding? Hollywood, yeah, when you're just facing it up. Isn't that when you paint the sides of the trim the wall color? Isn't that for exterior type reference? I, I see it interior enough. No. You guys do it interior, I swear. Well, the side of the trim. I, the, I, will, I have a confession to make. Uh, my living room right now, I, I hired a guy who used to work for me um, to paint my living room when my wife was away. We had a ton of work to do, and she wouldn't let me have 
have it done. She was away and I had the whole house painted and I was really busy, I couldn't do it. And they painted the sides of all of my trim with the wall color. It wow. kills me every day. Hey, but um, you were the customer and that's what you wanted. I, I got what I paid for. And <laughs> and the rooms are stuck. They, like there was so much work that needed to be done. I didn't have the time. It worked out perfect. Isn't it harder but, to do that though? Like to do it clean or did they just face off your trim? I, mean, I think they use, I, I'm not sure how it works, but exterior, we all know if you're painting clapboards or whatever, yeah. it sure is a lot quicker to not paint those little triangles all the way down the side of the trim board. Yeah. Um, Give what they want, get paid for it. We always ask them, what do you want? Yeah. If you tell me you want those triangles painted the color of the trim, I can do that. But that yeah. costs a lot more. Even, some people don't even know. Like, you know, really, it, like, I, I just really feel like a lot of times, like, I'm betting the client, too. And I want to make sure, you know, I give them their options. And same with products. Like, they might want to use Ferro Ball or... Um, Benjamin Moore and um, you know I do they're all very credible coatings some are better functioning um, than others and um, you know like Nick was saying when you look at uh, two gallons in a, in a room and there's a $30 difference so for $60 you can have the more better coverage, washability, feature function, um, I can only paint so fast. So whatever product it is, is, is all the same to me. But wouldn't you want for $60, wouldn't you want? Uh, but that's up to them. I just try and make sure that I educate them. And, um, and you know, there are certain products that are uh, better than others. I'll, I'll never forget Thanks. So. when I, the first time I've either heard you talk about or I've seen you in person with bare paint sample cans, blending things together to do a touch up someplace. Yeah. And that to me is, it was beautiful. I, the ego in me would have never allowed me to go to Home Depot and get bare paint to blend it together to do a touch up. But that's, I don't think that's right. I think that you were right to do well, what you did. It worked what, perfectly. I, and, I looked at what I had to work with. What am I working on? What is asked of me? And so, that's, I, I, again, I want to take care of what it is that's asked of me. And if that's the product, if it's a situation where I'm working against someone else's work or someone else's full finish or someone else's, like, I can't, ego has no space for that like and and or if somebody messed up like what are we all going to sit around and, and dwell on this or or can we just like take care of this and make it right um we can talk about it later if you need to but at the end of the day you know things happen you, it's just paint like you know there's no six week lead time for it to come over from whatever like you know you go down the store mistints happen um, bad batches happen. It, it's unfortunate. It's frustrating. But at the end of the day, like, make it right. Get the client happy. Get paid. Everyone's good. Move along because someday I might be the one who who made a mistake that I can't fix. And hopefully there'll be someone out there that that would be able to try and not you know shame me and just sort of do what they can. 
with the and for the record we're not talking about like painting the outside of a house in bare paint we're talking about you were blending a piece of a vent right to make it the you continued the wallpaper look through a vent and you needed to like touch something up from what i recall we're not talking about painting the outside of houses with bare paint no one would ever recommend doing that oh yeah oh yeah uh was that the bird wallpaper yeah let's let's right. talk about hanging wallpaper yeah because we don't do it um but i was i've been lucky enough to experience a alternative finishes wallpaper install and i had my mind blown that day the, the fish one or the, the fish bird? the fish one you you had a small bathroom with wainscoting so it was just the top half and mm -hmm. already hours had been spent preparing mentally writing notes and testing but like for the record many out many more hours i would argue you, you can tell me but many more hours went into planning out the layout of the wallpaper than ever went into installing the wallpaper yeah, yeah. many more yeah could you explain to me how that works and and why um so you know how like uh, i'm sure that you've seen slate stone or something tile flooring and then there's that rogue piece right in the middle of the entry and you're like why would they do that um wallpaper is kind of like that too and uh, especially if there's a pattern or a design um i mean wallpaper is coming back strong and it's it's amazing i mean it's it's obviously a finish all in it to itself. So in this case with the fish, uh, wallpaper, like fabric or anything, has uh, big fish, little fish, um, in this case. And it was a small bathroom. So sometimes people will say, and I'll ask them, is there something in particular you really like? So in a bathroom, you're more likely experiencing uh, sitting at the toilet you are facing the mirror, but you see behind you above the door. Um, there, there's, again, it's, for me, it's specificity. I wanna know that I took as much into consideration, not just come in and slap it up. So in that case, there was, um, say this 30 inches between that big fish and that big fish. And if the client really likes the big fish, I wanna give her the big fish. In that paper, it was a drop match, which meant that every other sheet had a different top. So it'd be A, B, A, B. That's fine. Um, don't want to bore you guys with that stuff. But, um, but, I, but I wanted to make sure that, like, you know, I don't want the fish to be lost in this corner. So how does the fish line up every other sheet throughout the room? And wouldn't it be really nice with the where the sconce in the mirror is to really make sure that the fish isn't lost behind the mirror? So for us, like, make a plan, work the plan. Um, so, you know, it's sometimes, a lot of times the rooms are not perfectly perfect. They're not perfect. So you might have an inch growth on either side. So how can we do this so that we don't make it look more pronounced and how can we make, give the illusion of straight? Um, so we, we, I need to know that, you know, I can't please everyone. I can only do the best that I can, but in the event that someone is unhappy about something um I, i'm not saying it doesn't happen um or that it won't happen in the future but i really 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 try to take so much into account and and so i am ready um i guess that's where my ego isn't 
uh, or my where my ego is is that I can defend our approach, our intention, and our decisions. Um, and and that's up to me to to make sure I have as much information for me to have that on that project. That no matter what, there was going to be fish that got cut off at the tops and fish that got cut off at the bottoms. It was a, it was a bunch of fish all over, different colors, different sizes, bright, beautiful fish with a white background. And no matter what, at the top of the ceiling and at the wainscoting, you were going to have to cut off, and there was going to be a, a section of a fish, not a whole fish. Mm -hmm. And in the corners, eventually there was going to be some spot where it had to end, and they weren't going to match perfectly together. Yes. So I, I watched you for hours sitting there mocking up, and you, I, you asked me, like, which fish do you like best? Like, what are, which fish, what is the fish we don't want to cut off and have half a fish of? Which fish are least prominent in this pattern that we could feel better about cutting them off? All of that thought went into where those fish, where that pattern laid out. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. I, it changed the whole way I ever looked at wallpaper and made me want to install it even less now because I could net like, what it would take to compete with a wallpaper installer at your level. Well, not, not, not many people do it, though. You I know. know. I've seen many fun. people wallpaper that didn't put that kind of thought into where the pattern repeated, what was most prominent, what parts got cut off. But to see you do it was beautiful. And then I got to see it again um, at the 50 Liberty Project. Mm -hmm. The amount of time spent planning out where this paper will go <laughs> which birds you had names for each of the type of birds that were in that paper it sounds excessive you guys but really it was the only way that linda and i could distinguish which bird was which yeah one was we'll to, in a minute we'll find out the names of the birds because they were pretty funny yeah. but yeah. that that idea that you're looking at a, a wallpaper and deciding what are the most important parts that we really want to show off and what parts are we willing to sacrifice um yeah. Rather oh, than just like, oops, this is just where it started and this is where it ended and yeah. oops, this is what we're dealt left with. More times than not, you just don't want something really obvious to fall on a corner that's out, you know? So it's sort of taking all the variables into account. Into account. And the installing part is the easiest. The painting part is the easiest. It's just, like I said, I, I feel like the finishing portion of what we do is, is a, a third of um, what we bring to the table. Uh, it doesn't work for everybody. A lot of people give me a hard time, uh, but they know that's me. And I feel like if you're going, if I'm gonna have a reputation out there uh, amongst many other qualified installers and finishers um, that are equally capable, um, I would love to be differentiated by the fact that um, she cares and, um, you know, you know, if anyone's going to figure this out, it would be Jessica. Um, that means a lot to us. And uh, I think that's why I strive to just continuously give that that intention and, and leaving a part of myself with each opportunity. Uh, it's not that hard to do. I'm already there, you know, uh, but it's, it's a way for me to know that I did the best I could. And, um, and if someone else gets the job, I, I'm super happy for them. I, I hope the client's happy. I'm trust that they are. Um, I'm just not getting to a point where I feel like people now know what comes with alternative finishes. Um, uh, not only quality, but also um, 
just grace and integrity and um uh, you know and so i feel like we have a fighting chance at each project and and if it doesn't happen on this one it'll happen maybe maybe the next round or you know i just like to keep all my doors open with all my peers um because you know if 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 quality work in this trade um that i'm so proud of succeeds we all succeed and um I think I think integrity is really clutch um, when we're in a trade that you don't have to necessarily have a license for, and a homeowner could go to Home Depot and get a couple of paintbrushes. I, I'm super excited for homeowners who want to do something themselves. If they have any questions, I'll answer it. I'll, I'll help them along the way. Um, I don't take it personal that personal either because there's a gratification we all get. But then there's a time when we do something uh, as a contractor or as a homeowner that we're like, oh my gosh, I messed that up. Um, then you call us, you know, and, and when you just when you don't want to have to think about it, right? I think what I try to bring in my company is that like, you just know, like, it's going to get done right. And and we're not I always try to say that we're, we're low risk, high quality at scale. Yeah. Like, that's my that's what I tr that's my competitive. That's my unique value proposition. That's what we're trying to do is be incredibly low risk. If you hire us, like, you just know it's going to get done right. And yeah. you don't have to babysit us. And you don't have to, like, it, there's no risk there. You get to spend your, t like, mental energy someplace else. And I know that's the same with, with you. If, when they hire you, you were just down in the Cape earlier in the week. Mm -hmm. They send you down to the Cape. They don't have to think twice. Like, yeah, Justice is going to do it. They live, in LA. Awesome. they live in L.A. And I ask them, you know, you want to feed, you know, do you want any water, any plants? You, wanna, you had a couple packages. Your house is still standing. Um yeah, I mean, I have keys to uh, at least six houses that I've had for years. And again, back to that that queue, and um, I'm very grateful. I have some clients that just, I, my queue is what it is because I'm usually the last in. And so, you know, we got to, I don't want to sit it on my hands. So when one job's not ready, hopefully we can go to the next one in line. And by being, um, having a retainer, my clients who have a unique situation, an emergency situation, or, hey, we go away these weeks throughout the year. Can you fit us in? And most of my clients know that um, Burning Man is the only time that I'm not here. So they're always like, when's Burning Man again? And then try and fit it in before or after. Um, but they also say that, you know, you are who you are because of Burning Man. And to answer your question earlier, Burning Man for me is actually uh, kind of like a purge. Um, I paint things and it burns down. I paint with brushes that haven't been washed for two weeks in bare paint uh, and it's dusty and you know, OSHA isn't really there. And you, <laughs> you do, you do the thing, you help assist. And um, at the end of everyone is an art festival and, and I'm a, I'm a part of building the city. I'm a part of an amazing community. And then it all burns down at the end. And it's sort of like, I work so hard to do everything right to make sure there's no dust that it's completely ready. It's perfectly, you know, I filtered the paint and I've reduced it just right. All the things there's, there's so much of a, a cleansing or release that I get from, you know, doing a project, um, sharing what I do there and for it to just to let it go. I think it allows me to sort of reset and humbles me in the, the craft that we bring to the table um, is is really just what does today bring and do the best you can with it. Yeah.
That's, that's amazing. Um, let's see. We could talk for Someone had a question, actually. Let's answer a question. Actually, there's multiple questions. Oh, there's, we'll save that one. Uh, yeah. As a business owner, how can I step out of my comfort zone into fine finishing with little experience? I, I personally, I, Jessica has more experience with this, but I would say, like, the first thing you got to do is, like, practice on your own stuff. Um, or a lot of the, one thing that I've done a lot that's been very successful for me is I take a client who's willing to, who wants a, you know, a B finish. And I'm like, Hey, I'm just going to make this an A. Is that okay with you? Like, don't pay me anymore. I'm going to spend the time now. As long as you're cool with like, maybe this takes a few more days, but if you give me those few more days, I will give you an A finish. I think in my experience, that's been a great way to up your level of finish is just kind of take it on the chin and pay for your education. Mm -hmm. But I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, it's just time, time and experience and knowing that with each, if you're open to what you're doing, what it's, when you do it this way and what you get with that, um, it's teaching you, it's time and embrace the failures, embrace that it's not quite at this ZK level you will get there. I mean, I worked with Fine Paints of Europe 15 years ago. It's not fair to say to somebody who's just been working with it for a couple of years, I, I, you'll get there. I was where you are. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. The fact that you want, a person wants to get there. I still strive to get better and more efficient. Um, you know, I only do so many gold leaf projects. I don't, I don't do them all the time, so I'm not as proficient as I could be. And so by being grounded and like where my skill set is, what am I striving to do? Thankfully, there's YouTube and so many different resources now. Um, I take classes still um, through, you know, two day or five day workshops that um, they're not going to make just because you buy this paint and use this brush. It doesn't mean it's going to look like what you expect. Understand what goes in, you get what you give. And that's going to be time. And I, and I still, 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 I, I'm humbled in that. Yeah, could I be faster? But the minute I think I got it, something goes wrong. And so for me, it's like I, I've just always reminded to the best I can, put in the time, understand what's, what's happening. Um, you know, you could do amazing work. I've done amazing work. And the client's like, uh, you know, so it's like you got to be kind to yourself in that like what is fine finish to you what is fine finish to that designer what is fine finish to that contractor um you need to set your own bar invest the time and and energy into like what does it take to get there and practice 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 and if you can do it like you said on your own projects or upgrade it for a homeowner if they have the time or whatever um it's just going to make, you may have to redo something. My doors in the beginning, I, I, I redo them like three times just because I was like, ah, you know, um, uh, we're about to redo this summer. We're going to be redoing the first gloss door that I ever did. Um, and I'll definitely gonna be posting about it, but it's, a, it's embarrassing to look at today. At the time I was like, so thrilled. I was like, look at this. This is amazing. And now I'm going to bring this door back in and, we're going to give them a whole new door. And, and what's that? Did you offer it or did they? Uh, so 
All right, here's another. So I make, everyone makes mistakes. I made a big mistake on that door. I didn't, and it, it, I'm paying, you know, I'm going to pay for it now and fix it. Um, I installed the weather stripping on the bottom of the door backwards. So the channel stuck, like, it was the first time I'd ever taken the weather stripping off the bottom of a door to rack it. I didn't know any better. And when I put it back on, it just seemed right. Mm -hmm. But now I, we've done so many, I know how they go. And that flange that comes up, up to the, up, over the door needs to be on the inside of the door. Yeah. I have it on the outside. Water was coming down, yeah. collecting in that channel, and it was causing water damage and the paint is failing at the bottom of that door now. Yeah. So client reached out to me. It's been a few years. He's like, hey man, what's going on? So I was like, please, I'll take the door back. We're gonna repaint the door, put the weather stripping on properly. Um, but that the first time you do something, yeah, it, it, we keep asking all the time. Just, just do did, it. Even if you did it, you did perfectly that you could then, but you learned from the weather stripping. So, like I said, it's it all, it's all important. Um, you know what I mean? Including like now, you can say when you're taking it off, make no future doors, make note or uh, take a picture of how it looked beforehand. Make sure that person puts it in the same way. I mean, all these things we're learning every day if you just pay attention. Yeah. And, and, and you and like, your mistakes. We're learning from your mistakes. And that just makes us, like as I said, there's no space for ego if, if we want to be better. Uh, there's plenty of work. So here's another question. Uh, this is a good one. Have either of you ever had a time and materials job that has gone very wrong and went way over budget? I know I have. Um, well, I mean, I struggle, you know, my, I get in, my pride gets in the way and I spend 12 hours on something and I'm like, oh, I'm only going to charge them like nine hours and 15 minutes. Like for real, my bills are like 9.33, um, hours. Um, but I have done it not to exceed sometimes for just peace of mind, uh, for the client. Um, you know, so I'll say, <clears throat> Um, not to exceed 3,200. Um, but I also have been very clear and transparent of what is expected and what the steps will consist of. So I'm pretty over the top thorough. My estimates take a lot longer, but if there's a misunderstanding, it's caught right away. Um, I don't, I, I think sometimes on extras, people, there's so much happening at the end. Um, I, you know, I get, there's a little, I've had some times where it's a little like, oh, um, on the extras, but I just take very thorough about taking notes and and pictures of other things. And it, you know, sometimes some of the best money you'll ever make is a job you never took on. So I'm not trying to give a Lamborghini away for a Mercedes. Like, I'm gonna give you what you want. I'm would like. I'm I'm assuming I'm gonna get paid um, for what I'm giving you. Um, that to me is a no-brainer as far as extras, uh, T&M wise. It's pretty easy for me on T&M because I, I, I really, I hold them accountable, uh, you know, whoever it is that I'm working with. Like I make sure, so do you want us to get these drips? So basically sometimes we'll just do the, we'll do the thorough A work at eye level for the client. So if he's six foot three and the wife is five foot 
two, then we'll kind of use that range. We're going A and we'll take care of drips. We'll A level, take care of the drips and brush strokes more at A level at this range. And then everything else will be about here. And usually a day or two into it, make sure that we're good, we're good. And then we rock and roll because a lot happens. And um, I work too hard to um, have to deal with not getting paid or drama or misunderstanding. So it's, um, it happens, but hopefully with experience, you learn the right questions to ask. And um, it's an accountability to the client and, and on your end to, uh, to be honest. And with that honesty, I think showing up on time, if we showed up, there's nothing more disrespectful than not showing up on time, in my opinion. So if, if the client has to leave for work or whatever, um, we get there at 8.04. I'm not going to say we showed up at eight, you know what I mean? Because like, I, I, I feel like integrity is clutch and um, we strive to always be there just, you know, on the front end, let the homeowner do their thing. There's nothing more complimenting um, than a homeowner being with that. We just met leaving their home within 15 minutes and saying, okay, hey, have a good day. Call me if you need anything. And uh, we take that. Um, um, that's really important to us to maintain that. And so I hold, I hold my clients and um, myself accountable to the terms of what is expected um, on both sides. Yeah, I, I've had um, time and materials jobs go wrong in the past. Um, and every time it was because I didn't take care of my end, like you're saying, uh, you know, if you wait, especially I had a, a large job a uh, long time ago, I, I was a mess at the time and yeah, it was a huge mistake, but I, you know, I was waiting weeks to total up where we were at. It, you know, I think on TNM you need to be on top of where you're at all the time. End of the week, you better have a total in a report. If we do a TNM job for a client now, we are totaling it up and we're giving a report at the end of every week. That way, there's no surprises. You know, nobody. I don't, I don't care how we work for people with money, but it doesn't matter. Like. Yeah. If you think you're paying 40000 for something and somebody gives you a bill for 55000 even if it's amazing work, no matter what, that is not going to sit well. So that idea of communicating well on T&M jobs, having very clear, like, it, so if it's a bigger one, you better have milestones. Don't just say, I think it's going to be 1,000 hours. Figure out where's it going to look like at 100? Where's it going to look like at 200? So that yeah, know where you fall. if you're 400 in and you're way behind schedule, you're having to talk with a client today not 850 hours in saying hey we're going to be twice the budget like i think tnm can be very dangerous because it, it it can feel like a blank check and it needs to feel you need to be even more thorough i know G, so gcs that work like that they're doing even more accounting even more book work yeah. than if they were bidding the job because you need to be so transparent and so on top of numbers so TNM is definitely a dangerous thing if you're not, if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah, but, but I, I don't always have to prove anything, but I, like I said, note taking the day of the Boston bombing, I was done in the install, it was a mural install in a, a small beauty shop or whatever. And I said, um, hey, I'm done. Did you, he, he asked if I could touch up some cabinetry or whatever and some trim and I said, I'm happy. I'm going to go eat lunch. I'm happy to vacuum to, you know, before I do it. But if you want to do that, that's fine. Just letting you know that needs to be done before I, 
Um, so I'm going to be charging you to vacuum, whatever the case. I literally came back. I took a picture of the dust on the thing and my watch. It was like six minutes before the first bomb went off. So I, something like that, like, it reminds me of like, I just take pictures or take notes or I'll set, I'll have it. It doesn't mean I show them, but it's like, or I texted him and said, Hey, I'm going to lunch. I'm going to take care of that, that trim and cabinet touch up for you. Um, it needs to be backed because he had some laborers there. Happy to do it, but for the sake of time and cost, you know, I'll be back in, you know, at one o'clock or, or two, two o'clock. And, um, anyway, um, but I had a picture and I had a text. And so if there's ever, no, if I had to do something for say even 30 minutes, that's still $60. Now somebody's getting back charged. Somebody scratched the thing. So I don't, I'm not trying to put it on anybody. I'm just saying, I'm just here to do what's asked of me. That's it. Like I said, the, the simpler I can make it, the less I get. It's, it's just easier for my conscience to not get too hung up. I, I don't want to be standing. I, one of my first big jobs on my own, I, I was a sub sub and, and everyone had liens on the job and wasn't getting paid. And I was like, Oh my God, this is how I go down, <laughs> you know? Um, and um, I learned from that, like communication is key. I just happened to have really good relationships with um, lawyers. Ironically, were my, the lawyers representing the GC and the client um, were both clients of mine. I lucked out on that one, but it saved my ass um, in getting paid. I don't, I don't think I would have survived that one. But but to be in a lot, I don't want to be in line anymore. I don't want to ever have to worry about that. And um, so I don't I don't really give much room for that. But it takes a while to establish that trust. And and I I will go down to um, uh, seventy five an hour um, if it's it not not for anything. You know what I mean? Like it's it all depends on, on what it is and the situation. And and it's like you know, especially peer to peer. Um, there's where there's a will, there's a way. You know, especially like I just fixed some cabinet doors. Uh, carpenter's helper thought it was going in the trash and it was just taken off so he could do something to the wall. And so he had to replace the two cabinet doors. And I never met the guy before. Um, but, you know, I, you know, we all got to help each other out. We all going to have situations that aren't pleasant. We just need to learn from them. Uh, make them right like you're doing with that door and, and move past them uh be a better person from it if you're willing to share those experiences so others avoid it again like i want everyone to succeed i want everyone to be prosperous like it, life's too short that's awesome so do you have someone's asking i've said this a couple of times like, do you have a retirement plan jessica <laughs> it is <laughs> It's probably somebody I know. Um, <laughs> um, I know. I, you know, I have a, somebody I respect a lot. And he's like, do you want to work for your business or do you want to work on your business? Um, so, no, I don't, honestly. Uh, my dad passed away not too long ago, long enough, but still it gave me a lot more, like, perspective Um on a personal note, just as far as like um, life and immediacy. And uh, I know it's fairly irresponsible to, to not really have a plan or like 10 year plan of like branding and sell the business. Um, I need to 
be more mindful, but um, um, I'm aware it's, of that. It's, it's tough. I, I talked about it before. I, I think it's, it's part of the craftsmanship trap of when you're a craftsperson and there's a business to run, they, they're oftentimes they, they fight each other, you know? And I mean, I know I've come from that. I, I came from pure craftsman. That's me, you know, and I, I like belittled and shunned and, and like made excuses why running a business, a painting was not for me. Mm. But the, like the truth of the matter was like, if I wanted to do anything, I, I need to balance those in some way. And mm -hmm. I think everyone has to decide where that line is, especially as business owners. Mm -hmm. um, but it is, it's tough. You know, it, it's really tough. Um, well, look at so many people recreate themselves and, and, and have worked for a company for 15, 20 years. And they're like, I'm going to give it a go. Um, there's no time like the present and, and life happens, you know, and uh, 2008 was a big, big thing. 9-11 uh, is why I even went into business. 2008 reminded me of um, what I really need to survive in this business. And now with COVID and, and next fall and, and um, you know, it just gives you a little more perspective, but absolutely, um, I think we should all be um, taking care of our, our, our future. And um, I just am not, it hasn't been my focus, um, but I'm aware that it needs to be for those like, you know, are in my life and I care about and for myself, I can't do this forever. Um, you know, so um, it's a good reminder. Yeah. So there's another question here. You can feel free to share about it or not. Um, you're when you are rolling and tipping a gloss wall. Mm -hmm. It's there's a, a, a tool that you might use that might shock some people. <laughs> for the record. I don't I don't think I would put I don't know if there's anyone that I'm aware of in this country that applies fine paints of Europe oil enamel at a higher level than you do with a brush. Thank you. If, if you've never seen some of, and we're going to keep everyone send Jessica DMs for the next two weeks. We're going to keep asking her to post more stuff. Yeah, I'm working on it. I know. And it's been amazing. But if, if you've ever seen Jessica's brush work in real life, it, it's astounding. So if you would feel free, if, you, if you're open to it, we'd love to hear about these brushes, how incredibly expensive they are, and how rare and difficult they are to find. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's made from unicorn tears. And um, <laughs> so there are other great brushes like, um, uh, you know, the Princeton Redline. Pierre Finkelstein, there's some really nice, everyone has their like stiffness or whatever. Um, but I typically, um, on the final, I, I love the Worcester Black um, Worcester Foam. It holds more paint, has a, a, the right amount of stiffness, and I can spread it really evenly. Um, and then I, um, the Princeton Red Line is, is very similar, um, but I just like that this holds very well, the shape, and, and it, and literally, I'm just, I spread it out evenly, and you can feel it. You, you can just feel it. And it is a whopping um, 189 pennies. 
<laughs> so, so you're in multi-million dollar homes doing a, a gloss room that could cost tens and tens of thousands of dollars. And the final tool that touches that paint is a dollar and 89 cents. For me, um, I might use a Picasso for um, bigger surfaces. Um, I mean, like I said, I can use Free Willy too. I'm, I, I'm honest about that. I mean, it may not look, it, where there's a will, there's a way. I, I'm not beholden to anything. It's just my preference and process. Um, but I am expanding a little bit um, with different viscosities and, and materials. I feel like the paints are changing so quickly. I see on the forums, you know, people talking about um, water-based lacquers and, and um, not spraying the boxes. Um, so I'm, I'm always open to what's working for other people, um, additives they're using, um, heating up the material, um, you know, if for me, it's, it's it going back to the individual that wants to get into finer finishing. When I'm striving for a finer, finer finish, I, I have enough build and great prep that I, I, I feel that, um, I tend to go to this brush more often than not. Um, can you show us what exactly is the brush and where do you find it? Oh, um, so at any craft store. Michael's specifically Michael's. around us, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't buy anything else <laughs> at these craft stores, but um, so Craft Smart and uh, Maestro is the other brand. I think. Um, craft Smart. Craft. Craft Smart. Craft um, Smart. And um, there is something similar. I mean, they they have white, gold, and and you know brown. Um, they're not production. Um, you know, they do have three inch and the three inch can be, you know, I use all different types of brushes, but for me, if it's a door, if it's a handrail, um, yeah, I, it's my jam. No shame in it. You, I, I use asking... brushes for my heels and, and, um, uh, you know, the doors just for good foam brushes. I'm, I'm a big fan of. You raised your rates from 107 to 120 recently. Yeah. And saw no pushback and the queue stayed pretty much the same, right? Yeah, no pushback at all. Um, at all. I, I, I was really lucky. Honestly, you and and a lot of other people were sort of like, you know, um, because there's Yeah, so yeah. yeah. And so I go I go look at some projects. And, um, and so with these new relationships, new clients or new leads, I would sort of I would just say I'm 120 an hour. Um, blah, 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 you know, and I, I, I get a deposit or I get a mock-up fee. I get paid for my mock-ups. So my research and all the things. Which is, I've been, I've been so pushing for that for so long because we both know that you spend so much time that you don't charge for. Yeah. That but I'm, I'm learning. I'm We're learning. working. And I think that will be your retirement fund is just the, all of those hours that you didn't spend, that you didn't bill for that where you were in the lab doing the real nitty gritty, super skilled yeah. stuff. I have 10 errors and one that was right, but I learned 10 other ways to do yes. 10 different finishes. And you could never have gotten to that final product without failing on 10 different mixtures and 10 different samples. So you should get paid for that because all of that went into the final product. And on the flip side, 25 years later, the finishes that I am doing that I can do swiftly um, that I 
gone past that investment of learning curve and time and error, um, I'm now getting paid and compensated for all the times that I lead. It's like the saying they say about the, the locksmith who the first, the, the one year locksmith comes, fixes a lock in an hour and they pay him a hundred bucks. That same locksmith comes back 20 years later, he fixes it in a minute and a half and he charges a hundred bucks. And the guy's like, what the heck? It took you a minute. And he's like, you're paying for all of my time and skill. And having all the tools to, yeah. I'm here to do what you wanted. And I told yeah. you it'd be a hundred. And that, that mentality, I think of, of a understanding that we're, we have value and we can charge more and B staying small enough to build the supply side high enough, like you did where, I have a, you, if you have two years worth of work lined up, maybe you should raise your rates. Yeah. If you don't have any work, it's going to be a lot harder. So, you know, I, I think that idea of combining extreme skill with extreme passion and staying small is a beautiful formula to having high rates. Yeah. And I don't need whole houses. Like I, I, I know so many talented people like yourself. And, and so for me, it's, I like well, at the time I jumped from, you know, from 65 and then the jump. Uh, yeah, my queue was just so long. I was tired. And um, and so I felt like, you know, I want this client to be taken care of. Who do I know that's going to to do that? And I, I know you and I know a lot of amazing, talented people. And some people aren't available. Some people are um, like, you know, we know people who can get what would take us a month would take that company a week. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I feel like we, if we all just collaborate and, and so I needed, like, I would say my cue is, um, you know, I comfortably at six to nine months and, um, comfortably six to nine months strong, but things move and shake, move and shake. And then I, you know, there's situations that, that fit in there. And then I have those that are like a year, a year and a half or two years out, um, that they've already set the retainer, but the project's nowhere close. Um, but usually we come in and do one thing and almost all the time we are doing so much more than that. So I leave a little bit of room in that queue. I almost need to leave more room. I, you know, we might be coming in for a two day thing and then we end up leaving with uh, 15 days of work to be added in the queue or take care of the situation to get them across the finish line. Oh, you do painting too. Again, there's the ethics involved of like respecting the whole process. But, you know, at the end of the day, we, I want the client to be happy. I want the client to be fair to everyone involved in the project. I want everyone involved in the project to be fair to the client because, you know, we all have our, our not everyone can to each their own. You know what I mean? And I just, I just feel like if the client's happy, you're going to get paid. I think the relationship building mm -hmm. and the word building is so key, right? To any of the new businesses, people ask all the time. I think it's building relationships. You build a relationship with, you find a way to build a relationship with one person and then you build trust throughout that relationship and that builds. And if you never lose them and then you get another one and then you get another one, if you keep planting seeds and watering them magically, 15 years later, you have a queue that's six to nine months long and it's your 120 an hour. It doesn't happen overnight. You can't like, you didn't plot to do this. This was not some like master plan from 15 years ago that you're executing. 
which is why I think it's so unique. It, it's organically you found this thing that works that I think many people would love to have. Yeah. But it's hard to build those relationships, sustain those relationships, and keep building them. Well, and I think it's getting positive, too. Like, I think there's a lot of situations where painters just do exteriors, interiors, not the type of stuff that, that I do. And, um, and so the home, they were called in for because something went wrong, or they obviously don't want to call the person they called the last time they got it painted. So for my approach, it's, it's, it's not shitting on the previous person. Like I allow the client to feel heard, but I'm here to focus on the positive and what I can bring to the table. And I just, I think by keeping that positivity and, and good intentions, I, I, I don't go to barbers. Um, but I feel like it's kind of like when uh, guys get their hair cut every couple weeks, I'm assuming. Now, typically it's what, 15 to $25, I'm assuming. You have the boom, 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 done. Or you have the one where you get the hot towel, you know, and you get the, he listens to you, you want it a little tighter or whatever you guys call it. And, and you feel heard and, and, and it, you leave there, it took about 10 minutes longer, you paid a little bit more, but you feel good about it. You feel like the person listened to you, they gave you an experience and, and, and then, you know, you feel good and it translates and, and, you know, people who feel good and excited about their projects, they, they also talk up the, the contractor or the finisher. Oh my gosh, he was great or she was great. And she, she, you know, she even, I told her my favorite fish was this and, and look how she put the fish here and here and here, you know? So I, I, it's so such a little thing, but that attention um, and that experience of people feeling heard and to show up and to give them what they want and to get paid for doing what it is they asked of you for the price that you said it would be, it's an accountability. And no, no one is more important than the other. We need each other. The client, we need clients, clients need us. We and need I think what you said, what you said, the client, how the client feels, I'm more and more convinced every day is the only thing that matters, or at least it's the most important thing. How a client feels is, is a, I'm just speaking to myself, you know, when the, when the job first starts and you sell the job and they're excited about the job and you're, you know, the, the idea is there and they trust you because they just signed the contract. They're, they're, they're feeling so good. And the difficult thing is how do we have this two month long project where at the end of it, at least, if not throughout most of the cycle of the project, they still feel good. Especially when they're out of time, out of patience, out of money. I mean, so much stuff has happened. I know. That, that to me is what you're so good at. And because you, you care, but making people feel, the client feel good throughout the project and especially at the end, but the whole time. Where the, where the, it's about the feeling of the client. It's not about me and how I feel. I'll feel good later when the clients felt good the whole time. And to me, that's, that's how you build a successful business. And it, it, if I would have known that a long time ago, I think I would have been so much better off. And I still, I might know it, but practicing it is, is a whole other thing. But we're going to learn too from some clients will never be truly happy. 
and or some designers or or uh, entities involved architects and uh, we're all in this together you know and i feel like we're all entitled to have good days and bad we're all entitled to not be totally ecstatic i expected this but i i, I feel if i've done everything in my power to vet and to uh really understand what it is that they're asking of me and they truly i've done everything i can to communicate what it's going to require time and money to achieve that there could end up being a situation where they're just not happy and and i learned you learn from that you learn about communication and uh or accountability there's some designers who are like yeah 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 and then yeah. like awesome 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 and then the homeowner's like wait wait what and so i don't mind taking a little extra time um I, I i'm sure it annoys some people but that's just my process and that's how i roll and they just you know they might roll their eyes and they're like i know i gotta get you a sample and oh, yeah, okay so i'm letting you know that i'm gonna be ready for in four months and um i appreciate that it means a lot because that's how i do things and and that's important for me to focus on you know, when it's your time. And um, again, that's how I sleep at night. And that's how I know that uh, tomorrow's another day. And whoever it is I worked for and work with um, is going to get the same thing and that same dedication um, um, and respect um, that I gave for the last 23 years. Um, I hope I never lose that. It's awesome. So we have about five minutes left. Mm -hmm. And we have to ask you your worst story or your most embarrassing moment. We know that you're an amazing craftsperson, so you probably don't have much. I know we talked a little bit about it. I'm interested to hear what's your most embarrassing moment that you that you can think of. Um, yeah, this one was a reach, but um, so we do a lot of different types of wall covering. We're very methodical. It's like second nature to us, and so uh, Linda, who's worked with me for a very long time was uh having a baby and so a couple other peers we got together and we're gonna rock and roll and we're gonna we're gonna get the nursery painted and we're gonna you know nothing too crazy just paint and throw up some wallpaper up on this like angled ceiling and so we're like yeah 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 do 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 and so at the end of the day it was paintings dry and it's like okay we got to put this wallpaper in in the four quadrants in this plywood ceiling right and the wallpaper would make it look better than what it did. And um, so my girlfriend is there who at the time was going to grad school uh, in Oregon and was visiting. And Linda's wife is there. And so, you know, it's our time to shine. <laughs> Get out of the way, I'm gonna hang this wallpaper. So we're like, yeah, boo boo. And so we hang the first quadrant and Linda's wife comes in and goes, oh, and I guess Linda knew what that meant. She goes, what, what's wrong? She goes, nothing. And she goes, I think it's upside down. <laughs> and I was just like, and I know it wasn't a commission job, but it was the most awkward, embarrassing moment for like, Linda, this is, this is our jam. And then here's our partners both being like, uh, you, I'm going <laughs> to, and so I just feel like, you know that never happens but it happens so we were able to salvage it because she just got barely enough but um but it was it was humbling because even in times where you're doing something for a friend 
or for yourself or above and beyond for a customer, things aren't always going to go the way you assume or hope or expect them to go. And um, again, it's like we grow from it. We're human and making it right, like you're doing with your door. I, I think that that's what's going to separate the the craft from the hobby. Awesome. Jessica, this has been insane. Two hours. I, we could go another hour, but we just can't do it. We'll have to have you back. Maybe I'll uh, have enough confidence to finally do an Instagram story. Yes. Everyone, if you're not following Jessica, Alternative Finishes on Instagram. Um, we're going to all encourage her to keep posting her amazing work. Uh, and thank you again very much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Zach. You got it. All right. Bye. All right, guys. That was insane. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Um, again, like and share this afterwards. I'm going to post both of these. Um, next week, we'll get them edited up and put out into a podcast form. And um, some of the, the stuff will be cut out and put on YouTube. Um, Sunday night, ZK Live. We're going to have uh, a friend of mine, local business owner. Um, he owns a manufacturing, custom manufacturing company. They do powder coating. Um, as well as some sprayed finishes, but we're going to talk about um, powder coating. We're going to talk about taking over a company from your parents, from your father, and, and all the stuff that comes with that. He's a great young guy, super smart. Um, I'm really excited to have him on here. Uh, but thanks for coming, guys.